passage of Scripture. Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 26. Paul writes, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Um, I thought of a title for this message this morning, uh, and if the church uploads this and don't want to use this title, I don't blame them, but I find it amusing because uh, it sounds like the opposite of what we need right now, but this is called A Divisive Sermon Centered Around Identity, and <laughs> I'll explain a little bit more of that as we go along, but first let's start in prayer. Dear God, uh, we just thank you so much that we have the opportunity to be here. Thank you for bringing us all here safely. Uh, thank you that we have the freedom to worship you, the freedom to fellowship and just study your word. I pray that we never take that for granted. And uh, I just pray for unity within your church. I pray for the church to really be a representative on earth to the world, to just be salt and light uh, in an uncertain time. And so help us to do that. Speak to us now through your word. And just lead and guide us throughout this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, I can only imagine how scary graduating in 2020 might be for some of you. Uh, graduation, whether it's high school or college, is often seen, seen as a jumping off point, like a bird leaving the nest. And I imagine graduating in 2020 is like jumping out of the nest when the forest is on fire. And so, graduation is when we start to step into the real world. But the real world is very uncertain right now. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That verse, 2 Timothy 1.7, is the verse that God put on my heart at the beginning of 2020 to be our theme verse for the year in youth group. And um, that's only made more and more sense as this year has gone on. Um, one thing we've seen a lot of in 2020 is a war of ideas. Moral dilemmas being debated by a diverse multitude of philosophers and scholars on Facebook. <laughs> Lines being drawn in the sand, and we often choose where we stand based on our identity. And identity is that thing we, we usually start trying to figure out around our teenage years and tend to wrestle with in young adulthood as we find our way in the real world. So the question of who are you? So people find identity in a lot of different things, be it their occupation, their heritage, their race, their religion, political ideologies, or hatred of the Florida Gators. <laughs> and so throughout life, we pick up all sorts of identifiers, labels that help define us. Black, white, Hispanic, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, pastor, police officer, soldier, husband, father, mother, Lower class, middle class, upper class, introvert, extrovert. Here's one a lot of us like American. Amen? How about Baptist or Methodist? Calvinist or Arminian? Uh-oh. Don't worry. I could go on. Uh, and I don't bring these labels up to discuss whether they're good or bad. I bring them up to say this. 
For those of us who identify as a believer in Jesus Christ, he has called us to be willing to forsake every other label. I'll say that one more time. For those of us who identify as a believer in Jesus Christ, he has called us to be willing to forsake every other label. We may find identity in a lot of different things, but they all need to be put under subjection of our identity in Jesus Christ. In response to this idea, you might rightly point out that there are some aspects of our identity that we can't change. They're impossible to forsake. For instance, you can't change your heritage. You can't change your place of birth. You can't change your genetics. I can't forsake being a male. But what I can forsake is what society tells me a male should be. And so we must be willing to part ways with the labels of man in the event that they contradict the calling of God. This sounds divisive. Yes. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 51. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two, and two against three. Father will be divided against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. If you want to jump forward with me to Luke chapter 14, might be just a page ahead. Luke 14, starting at verse 25. Now great multitudes went with him, him being Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. And so we know from taking in all of Scripture and not just one verse that when Jesus calls us to, quote-unquote, hate our family, uh, he's not talking about the opposite of love the way that we typically define hate, but rather a willingness to forsake it all because Jesus is so much more important than anything in this life. So Jesus is divisive in this way. I mean, this is the same Jesus that told Simon, you're used to being a fisherman, well now you're going to be a fisher of men. Matter of fact, your name isn't even Simon anymore, now you're Peter. And so Peter dropped his nets and dropped his name to pick up the cross. So maybe you're on board with this, maybe you're ready to forsake relationships or occupations or even your name but you refuse to compromise 
the way you interpret Scripture and honor God. That would sound noble if we always interpreted Scripture and honored God perfectly. But we don't, do we? God's Word is infallible, but our interpretation and application of it is not, because we're fallible. We're imperfect humans capable of making mistakes. A great example of this is in Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 2. This is Paul writing. It says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks that he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So before Paul encountered Christ, he was zealous for God, but based on an incorrect interpretation and application of Scripture. He thought he was honoring God by persecuting his son. And according to his theology, he was checking all the right religious boxes. But once he truly met Christ, all those boxes were worthless to him. So why does Jesus divide in this way? Why does he pull us from our old ways of life and old ways of thinking? It's to unify his church around one thing, himself. Jesus is only divisive. The gospel is only divisive as a precursor to unity. That's why this sermon is divisive, not to, it, not to motivate division within the church, but to motivate division from the things of this world for the sake of unifying around Christ and Christ alone. We have to part ways with certain things to unify around that which is true. So with that, let's circle back to where we started in Galatians chapter 3. And see how this all comes together. Galatians 3, starting at verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So Paul is saying that our race, our status, and gender are irrelevant to our identity in Christ. All of us who have been baptized into Christ, all of us who have picked up that cross and followed Jesus, are part of the same family. Like the great philosopher Michael Joseph Jackson said, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. <laughs> Either way, you're a child of God if you're in Christ. And so what exactly does that mean? What comes with this new identity? 
We could unpack that for the rest of the day. To start answering that question, I'd recommend you read the first couple chapters of Ephesians. And if you keep reading further, what it basically goes on to tell you is now that we've established who we are in Christ, let's walk together in unity. And here's what that looks like. But it starts with our identity in Christ. So cling to that and hold everything else with a hand that's open to God because you might have to let it go. Think about this. In the debates online about coronavirus or racial issues in America, some of you are wrong. And I only say that because there's disagreement and everyone can't be right. And think about this. To the graduates, some of what you've learned growing up from your parents or from the church, from your teachers, you'll find to be incorrect one day. And I only say that because you were taught by imperfect humans. We make mistakes. But let's not let these things discourage us. And more importantly, let's not let them keep us from unifying around Jesus. The body of Christ can only function properly when we're unified. And the world today desperately needs the church to be salt and light. And so I pray that you find your identity in Christ. This is a, a gift that's offered to every person, regardless of where you're from and what you've done. God offers salvation to you. He's offering that to you today. Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sins. Then he rose from the dead, defeating death. And now he offers eternal life if we believe in Jesus Christ. And if you do that, you'll be a child of God and we can all be part of the same family. So as I close, I'll ask um, Caleb to come back up. He can start to play. And um, I'll turn it over to our invitation time after I lead us in prayer. And then, uh, then after they do their song, then it'll go back over to Pastor Evan. So uh, if you would bow your heads with me. Dear God, I just thank you. Uh, thank you that you've brought us all together with the blood of Jesus. I thank you that we can find our identity in you. The only thing that's true, the only thing that lasts. I pray that Every other thing we use to identify ourselves, whether good or bad, are expendable in comparison to our relationship with you. We're willing to sacrifice our beliefs and our rights. Whatever it is that we make of more importance than you, help us to lay it at your feet. I pray this in Jesus' name.